Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem, pharmacists who care. Welcome to Dischem Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Gerson. It's always it's good to be with you. Before we start, did you know that Diskim Linksfield has opened a magnificent new store in a neighborhood complex in Linksfield, corner 7 and Club Street? It's a full-line Diskim store, which means that in addition to your meds, supplements, hygiene, and health foods, Diskim Linksfield has a wellness and well-baby clinic. There's ample free parking, and remember, Diskim also do free delivery. That's Diskim Linksfield, pharmacist to care. Welcome again. Welcome again to Diskim Medical Monday. We are privileged to host lactation consultant Judy Kirkwood. Judy, welcome to our show. Thanks, Dean. And uh, good. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for coming and thank you for taking out your time. But as, um, people might not know it's World Breastfeeding Week. Is that correct? Yes, that is absolutely correct, and it's it's celebrated all throughout the world by various lactation consultants and medical bodies. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a great celebration just to encourage and support the community to say thank you for breastfeeding and giving their kids the best. Okay, so let's before we start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Okay. Okay, so Dean, I'm a, I'm a registered nurse. I've got a degree from UCT. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've worked for a long time in women's and child health. I've worked in quite a few maternity units overseas in London as well as in South Africa. I then felt that I wanted to enrich and grow my breastfeeding knowledge. So I registered as a board certified international lactation consultant through Australia in 2009, 2009. And recertified last year, so I've been. It, this sort of qualification is the gold standard of um, human lactation um, qualification in the world. And there are many sort of IBCLCs um, throughout the world, and we all, you know, have to be governed and run practices the same. So it's it's great that we can sort of collaborate with each other. There are um, colleagues of mine in South Africa who that are lactation consultants. And there's also, um, I think it was about three years ago, there was a South African um, qualification that was registered. And so there are also a few, well, actually quite a, quite, quite a few hundred, I think, um, South African lactation consultants. So we are, as a community of nurses, dietitians, speech therapists, we are really trying to create awareness and support for families in South Africa. Um, and to say that, you know, if they feel they're not getting the support from a clinic sister or their GP or doctor, that there are specialist um, professional people out there in the country that can help them. And, um, you know, today I want, you know, there, there is a directory, um, an IBCLC directory in South Africa, as well as an SACLC directory. So there is support. We just need to um, promote it and mobilize it for the families in throughout Johannesburg and the rest of South Africa. Okay, fantastic. So tell me, why are you so passionate about breastfeeding? So, so Dean, I think, I think as parents, we all obviously want to try and give our kids the best. And I, I fundamentally believe that the human body is an incredible, it's just so incredible. And breast milk is, is really the, 
the best milk for our babies. But I, I also understand that the process of breastfeeding and how to hold your baby and that can be hard. Um, but, but the bottom line is, especially we've seen through COVID and we've just seen with so much disease in the world, what I'm trying to do at my practice and with, with families is to say, because of all the amazing sort of thousands of wonderful ingredients and immune modulating um, substances within our breast milk, please, you know, try at least try and breastfeed and try and get appropriate support and try and create awareness. So ultimately, there's so many diseases that um, can be reduced or, you know, childhood infections, childhood cancers, um, if a baby receives breast milk. So I do believe that families need to be treated with care and kindness and sensitivity. And I do understand that breastfeeding is not a walk in the park for, for, for every, every family. Um, I myself have two kids and it was not easy, but I did seek help from one of my colleagues, which really ch- changed my life. So because of what's in breast milk, I think that's something that really drives me in my practice. But it's also to create awareness to the communities to say that if you are HIV positive, you can still breastfeed. Um, we obviously know one of the main things that I love about breast milk is they, they were wonderful, like these immune modulation factors that we call, especially with COVID now. We know that there's a whole inflammatory response in individuals that get COVID and breast milk, it's got so many amazing anti-inflammatory properties, cytokines, which um, which help to reduce inflammation. So breast milk is almost like liquid gold, white blood, and it's so that substance that moms make needs to be like celebrated as an amazing like human elixir of life. So it's a medicine. So it's, it's, it's so just to sort of sell it in a beautiful way as well. Um, okay, because uh, yeah, as you know, it's it's full of antibodies and it's full of uh, mom's antibodies, which are going to be passed on to the babies and uh, proteins and all things necessary for the baby's immune system, health, and nutrition and and growing. But and we are obviously going to discuss now how we moms can try best um, if they can uh, breastfeed the infants. But we know it's not always possible for every mom to do so for one reason or another. So obviously, but I just want to put a disclaimer that we absolutely know that it's different for every mom and we'd absolutely love you to breastfeed your baby. And whether that means with your actual breast or pumping, maybe, which you can get onto because that's still breast milk, I guess. And, uh, but obviously we want a, a healthy, sane mother and no guilt, uh, no guilt to the mother. I see, I'm sure you see in my practice, I do obviously, that's how we met. Do a lot of yes. um, breastfeeding health and tongue tie issues and children uh, feeding and latching issues. And there's often a lot of guilt associated with not being able to breastfeed. Do you want to comment on that? This is Medical Monday brought to you with compliments of Discam, pharmacists who care. Welcome back to Discam Medical Monday. I'm your host, Dean Gerson. As you know, we are not in studio because of COVID. And we are conducting this interview via Skype, so apologies there. Sometimes our signal gets uh, a little bit faint, or sometimes uh, for whatever reason we disconnect. So we're back talking with lactation consultant Judy Kirkwood, and we were just speaking about uh, families not being able to breastfeed and making the moms as comfortable as possible, making sure they don't feel guilty. And it isn't a, a one-size-fits-all. And we will obviously do our best to encourage all moms to breastfeed. And as you're saying, Judy, when babies are born, doctors are busy, nurses are busy, it's chaotic, especially now in the hospitals. 
with the yeah. partners maybe not being allowed there or less nursing staff or all the PPE and uh, that uh, distance between healthcare workers and patients, it might be very difficult to start um, breastfeeding at this moment. I think, Dean, the, the top things that I want to say to parents or parents that are having a baby or have just had a baby or within the first three months, try and do a lot of skin on skin. We want to create, what do I mean by that? I want a mom to sort of sit, um, say, topless and the baby to just have its nappy on and maybe some little socks, cover mom and baby, use some pillows, two pillows, and one pillow under each arm to support you, cover baby and mom with a, with a, with a nice cotton receiver or a blanket, and what this does is it helps to kind of really relax both of them. It helps to the skin on skin contact is is really good for milk supply. And we know that the baby gets a lot of heat from its mom. So we we genuinely know that the, the, the lactating breast is a beautiful hot pad, a beautiful heater. So why we do this is it it just gets everybody into the right like groove for breastfeeding. It, it might seem a bit of a strange thing to recommend during like winter in South Africa, but but it but we know that the babies it's the right thing to do because if the baby is too warm, the baby will not let or suck properly. So we, 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 we it's kind of we want to set the groove for the scene of breastfeeding. And and so what I wanna to say to parents is if they're in a hospital, you know, try and source help from a consultant over video call. Look at good websites, good breastfeeding websites. La Leche League in, in South Africa, in Johannesburg, it's a very good organization. They do good work. Yes, not maybe their approach doesn't suit every mom or dad, but the basics of what, you know, the, the, the fundamentals to breastfeeding, which need to be, we need to try to do. So it's, it's, it's just some partnering with the right people. I think it's really important for you. And video calls actually work really well. I mean, I've I've done loads in my practice, looking at moms sending videos. It do, it can work actually pretty pretty well. Okay, let's talk about maybe the basics of of best breastfeeding. In order for a mom to be able to breastfeed normally, what are the processes that have to be there anatomically and physiologically? What has to go right with the mom and with the baby? And then afterwards, maybe we can talk about uh, some of the common problems experienced with breastfeeding. Okay. 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 So, Dean, I think, yeah, so I like to start most of my sessions skin on skin um, because, as I say, I want to make it as easy and comfortable for mom and baby. And um, we want it to work. We also know that breastfeeding, I often compare breastfeeding to, like, when you learn to drive a car. At first, you're a bit overwhelmed. You're quite scary. You're quite scared. But practice makes perfect. And um, we know that we don't just want the baby on. So on the breast, we obviously have the nipple, and then we have the dark around circle called the areola. We know that um, all moms can have different different anatomy. Um, we know we don't just want the baby on the nipple because that can be really sore and painful. But so sure. if that does happen, we say to the mom, delatch, put your little pinky in the baby's mouth, delatch, and try again. So it's you, you're not as a new mom expected to get everything right the first time. Like if you do, wow, you're amazing. But if you don't, you're also amazing. So it's kind of the, we also, what I say to the moms, there is a little bit of nipple stretch pain, which what is that? So we know that the nipple areola, so that remember the, the, the breast is almost like a little teat in the baby's palate. And what is amazing about breastfeeding is that it helps 
when the nipple areola in the mouth, it's good for jaw development, for speech. It's it's good for the development of the teeth. So breastfeeding is not only for food. It's for oral development. Um, it's for, for speech for the babies. It's for bonding. It's for food. It, they, 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 it's not just breastfeeding. It's, there's so many wonders of the actual um, dance between the mom, the mom and the baby at the breast. Um, but obviously, if it's sore, who would want to do it? No mom wants to latch if it's sore. Of course, yeah. Um, so we do know that that nipple areola stretches, and there is a little bit of pain. There can be a little bit of nipple stretch pain. So we know that on rest, uh, you know, obviously, so a mom's, we look at a mom's breast, but when the baby latches, that breast, that nipple areola actually stretches two to three times its resting state. So it gets pulled. Now, we've got to make sure that it's not very sore. If a mom complains of it being really, really sore and she's swearing and she's not happy, then, you know, we obviously have to really look at the latch and then we obviously do oral assessments. And that's sometimes, Dean, when I refer them to you because I'm concerned about perhaps there's an anterior or posterior tongue tie, the mom's nipples are bleeding, which are not, which is not a normal thing. It's not acceptable for a medical person to say to a mom, bleeding nipples are normal. It's it, it's not normal. No 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 person deserves to go through pain like of, that. Of course. And just uh, sorry to interrupt. Often what I do see is new moms, first time moms, they they not sure they haven't had a breastfeeding experience before, and they often think, well, this is the way breastfeeding is meant to be. It's meant to be painful and uncomfortable, and that's just the way you have to deal with it. So, I mean, obviously we have changes in the skin and the nipple initially, which might be uncomfortable, but it shouldn't yes. be painful. There shouldn't be cracked or bleeding or blistered nipples. Correct. Correct. So the latch, obviously, so so for me, I really try to, so the top tips that I like to say to moms is you need, you don't need much when you breastfeed. You just need your, the mom and the child. You need to be, in a, you need to be sitting on a chair, on a bed. So you, 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 we want to make it simple. We don't want to make it, there's no drama. I actually like to use two normal pillows because most people sleep with pillows. So most people have pillows. So I like to have a pillow under each arm. I like to often have the baby across the mom's chest because I find that that's obviously in utero, the baby's been inside with its mom. On its chest, it's it's the happy place for the little baby. So we have the baby across mom, preferably skin on skin with little socks on, covered with a little muslin or receiving blanket so that they're both kept warm and secure. So we're trying to create a secure attachment. And then one of the things is we never want to put our hand on the baby's back of baby's head because babies have a reflex, so they don't like that. So we want to almost hold the baby around their neck. It might seem quite forceful, but we want to control the process. So I like moms to hold the baby around the neck, and then I like the moms to actually hold the breast that they're feeding with, hold the breast, present the breast to the baby. So if we feed it on the right side, we hold the breast at the side um, with a wide C position. Um, I actually call this position the penguin posture position. And, um, and then we want to, we want to nose to nipple the baby. So we want the baby to smell the beautiful colostrum initially that comes out and the beautiful milk. So we want the baby to smell the milk. And then we don't just want to put the baby straight on because if we put the baby straight on, often the latch can be quite shallow and superficial and sore. So we want to get a deep latch. So how do we get a deep latch? We nose to nipple the baby. Then we pause and we lower the baby slightly below the nipple. So, so basically the baby's below the breast. And then when the baby has a nice wide mouth, we lift the baby up and over. 
I call shark latch. Okay, I have a very unique latching technique in South Africa called shark latch. It sounds funny, but it's I have a story that I tell parents. And what I've loved about my technique is that it's helped to bring the dads into the process. A lot of men I found feel like they're sidelined, and I think often we have sidelined them, not maybe on purpose, but dads want to help their wives or their partners, and we want them to. So shark latch has been, I like to teach the shark latch technique to my parents, and then the dads become my little shark latch assistants, and it's it's amazing. And because shark latches, so we're trying to create a visual imagery. It's not a saw latch. So we think of the mom's nipple line as a surfboard, and we think of the little baby as a little baby shark, a toothless baby shark. So we want the we want the baby to nose to nipple. We want to lower the baby slightly, and then we want to lift the baby up and over, almost coming up to 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 sort of see the breast. When we lifted the baby up and over, we holding we still holding the breast with the wide C on the side for about one minute to two minutes. And then after two minutes, we have to bring that mom's arm around because the, you cannot expect a lactating mom to hold her breasts completely for 15 minutes aside. So we bring our arm around. And then often what a lot of moms say to me, Judy, I'm so worried. Can my baby breathe? The nurses have told me my baby can't breathe on the breast. And often what, how I finish that off with my moms, I say to the mom, tuck your little baby's bum in. It will open the airway. It will change the angle of the nose and the mouth at the at the breast. So if you tuck the bum in, it, it, it changes. Yeah, the nose is lifted up so the airway is maintained open because obviously the baby's got to breathe nicely. And then, Dean, one of the things that's so important with breastfeeding, which isn't done enough, we want to tell our moms to squeeze their breasts a lot. It's, it's, a med- it's called a breast compression. And what a breast compression does is it helps to – Put pressure on the ducts where the milk is in. So your breasts are like, it's such a beautiful architecture at the breast. You want to squeeze the breast, which helps to push the milk towards the nipple so the baby gets more milk. So if you give the baby more milk, the baby will suck for less time on the breast so the breast won't be as sensitive and breastfeeding will become more efficient. So what we're trying to do for moms is to make it easy, to make it work better. So, 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 so we want our moms or our dad sometimes to come and help squeeze the mom's breasts. And that, and when I, when we, often I say to the moms, hold your breast, hold your, hold your breast in a squeeze position for about 40 seconds. Then obviously your hands are going to get tired. Then release the pressure, let blood flow to your fingers and then squeeze it again. So you're not pumping the breast as such, you're holding the breast. Um, but a breast compression is one of the best ways. If moms want to say, dudes, I don't know if I've got enough milk. I'm worried. My baby, or they, a lot of women have perceived breast milk insufficiency. So they think they don't have enough milk, but they actually do. But one of the best ways, if you are anxious, is just, just squeeze your breasts a lot in the beginning. So the first sort of week, I say to the moms, a lot of breast squeezing. Is this, dad, is this during, is this during feeds during or after feeds or before feeds? So you can okay. do this before, but it's preferably during feeds, Dean. So, so okay. breast compression is not – it's just to help with flow. So in the beginning, you've got colostrum. So we put in a bit more pressure on the ducts. We're just sort of trying to say make more milk. Remember, the more the breasts are worked, the, the, the feedback mechanism to the brain is to please make more, more milk. So, so we kind of want to – yeah, like in the beginning, we just want to – we all want to be kind with everybody, and we just want to say – so we, uh, my message to parents is also be kind to yourselves. It's not going to work immediately perfectly on day one. This is a process. It takes a bit of time. It's, and we have to be kind to you both. You, you get into, it's a beautiful story. So we obviously, 
I like to create a story so that so that we can sort of remember the story of life. Um, and obviously, where there's scenarios where if there's twins, then we offer then we might obviously do the football position. We, we might we might sort of change the positionings. Sometimes if a mom is tired, we might let the mom lie down. Um, but the fundamentals of the latch are that we want the mom to sit back in her chair and not to come forward. Because if she leans forward, she's going to get back pain. She's going to get neck pain. She will not maybe be able to sustain her breastfeeding experience if her whole position is not right. So I teach something called shark latch. And part of that, there's seven little steps to it. And part of that is how is my mom? My mom is, I want to give my mom control. I want to give my mom the little steps on how to do it right from the beginning. And I've found this process. So I've got a patent on this in South Africa. And I found it really helpful because, and I use a lot of little, um, maybe next time I can come on the show, Dean, and I can, well, I, I have a lot of visuals and I, I have like a little baby shark and I, I show the moms um, and I often send my clients on video calls, little videos, just so that they can almost compare their little baby. So we don't want the baby just on the nipple because, or like a little guppy fish, we want a wide, 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 big mouthful. Um, but so we just want to say to the moms, if it's really sore and you feel like it's it's sore initially, the latch, we want to say to you, put your little pinky in or a finger, break the seal, break the latch, and try again. The thing about breastfeeding is it's often quite mental. And it's to say to parents, you, you're going to be stretched mentally. You're going to be stretched emotionally. Mom and dad, um, dads wanted 101. They wanted to work for their, for their partners, which is wonderful. Um, and we, but so we, we want to teach. I like to consult with the family unit, like you, Dean. You often will consult to the mom and the dad when I refer sure. to you. Um, we like to teach the mom and the dad and share our knowledge that, but not, but share it in an easy to understand way. Because if it's too, if it sounds too hectic, it, it's going to scare people. So, so sort of break it down into something that's, so I often think t- people learn through hearing. They're here through seeing, and then they're here through doing. So so we actually, like I also have a little song like, lift baby up, bring her up, bring her up, bring the baby up. So it's, it's kind of, to all your listeners at home, we, if you're feeding your baby now, sit in your bed, back with back against the wall. If you're sitting in a chair, remember, sit back. Don't lean forward. Two normal bed pillows. Have your baby across you. Support the baby behind the neck. Hold your breast on the side if you're on the right-hand side. And sort of lift the baby up and over onto your breast. Um, that is really, really important. And then squeeze in quite a lot when baby is latching, just to help give the baby more breast milk. And that also reduces the latching time or the sucking time. Um, and a quick tip, if the nipples are ever quite sensitive, you could put a little bit of nipple cream, a little bit of breast milk, um, and you could hair dry your breasts. Um, the hair dryer is like the sun. But, you know, often we are... It's cold now in Joburg. We don't want to go outside. So most, if you do have a hair dry, what does the hair drying do? If there are any little fine micro cracks on the nipple areola surface, the hair dry will just help to heal the warm heat from a hair dryer, should I say, will help heal that area beautifully. So I also like to say to parents and to moms, instead of, oh, it will be fine, I like to be quite practical and give them stuff to work with. Okay, let's do this. Like you might say, Dean, you can put some saline in the nose sometimes if the nose is a bit blocked. Or, um, but, but I might say, okay, let's hairdryer a slightly sensitive breast. And obviously to parents, if there is blood or there is a lot of severe pain, once you've done what I've recommended, 
you need to be seen by a specialist lactation consultant because it's 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 medical aids do you pay for our services or they pay a portion um because having a lactation consultant help you could mean the difference between a, a, a great breastfeeding experience or not a great breastfeeding experience so 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 again that to say to parents a lot of parents don't know that there are specialist providers like lactation consultants in South Africa. So that's to say that we are around. And we are around the whole country. So there are various people in most sort of major cities in the country. Um, I don't know. What no, fantastic. No, that's fantastic. So can we talk? Uh, we're going to take a short ad break, and then when we come back, I think maybe we can talk about the most uh, common problems that, uh, that yeah. you see or the most common problems that moms experience and maybe a few tips and solutions for them okay we'll be back after this this is medical monday brought to you with compliments of discam pharmacists who care welcome back to discam medical monday i'm your host dr dean gerson and we are privileged to have sister judy kirkwood with us very experienced lactation consultant as i'm sure you guys can hear her answers to the questions um sister judy let's Talk now about the most common breastfeeding problems that uh, you see. What's the most common? What's the most common reason that people call you to speak to? I think Dean, the latter sore. Okay, I'll, I'll get yeah. So, so it's it's sore um, and painful, and then also I don't think I've got enough breast milk. So, like I say to, so some of my consultations are not necessarily because there's a problem. Sometimes it can be just to reassure the mom. And dad, like I say, so when I consult, I very much always say, please bring your husband or your partner or your mother or your mother-in-law with you. Because obviously it's a lot of information for a new sleep-deprived mom. Um, Dean, a lot of parents are worried. So, you know, obviously they've never had a baby before. Like their feelings are completely valid. So I, I like to say to them, like you've never done this. Like you're not supposed to know what a baby poo looks like. So I am in the business of baby poo. And for me, I like to educate. So I like to educate parents with, yeah, the story. So I I, I often like a mom, so when I have a session, to share with me about how things are going and to say to them, like, the reason why your baby is waking a lot and feeding is because we've got to practice breastfeeding. They obviously have little small stomachs, so they need to feed little bits often. So there is a reason. Yeah, it's obviously hard for the parents to feed often, but it's the best for the baby's anatomy and and how breast milk is digested. So whether a mom is breastfeeding or giving alternative foods, we need to feed babies frequently. I also like to say, so the, so the question probably would be, do I have enough breast milk? How I normally answer that is, tell me about your baby's poos, what's happening. We know that I, I have a little picture, um, which if you're, any of your subscribers would want to see, I've got a YouTube channel where I, I have pictures of poo charts. And the first picture, because it's visual, you need the parents to see that the first poo is obviously the meconium. And then as the breast milk changes, obviously, or not obviously, but the, the, the poo from the baby changes. So we, we start with the black. We go to a more like yellowy, sorry, greeny, brown. And then we come to that beautiful Dijon mustard birdseed looking poo. And to say to the parents that that is normal is very important. We would like a baby by day seven to have at least between five to eight wet and dirty nappies per day. 
as a general rule of thumb. Now, if we don't see that, we don't freak out, we calm, but we have to manage that mom appropriately. So, so that's where experience would come in from us. So we don't, it's, it's to, to, to help each parent where they're at. So to say to parents that a baby's stool or their poo is not going to be like an adult's. So it's, it's, if you've never had a baby, you're not going to know what to expect. So, so I'm there to educate and to empower parents and to say, it's, it's really cool. Look at the poo chart. So I've got like little crocheted, um, poo charts that, that, that are really, that really are quite cute. But the dads, and then I often say to the fathers, please send me poo pictures on WhatsApp. And what that does is it just helps to confirm that the parents are doing a great job. And if there are concerns, we address them head on. So this, especially like during COVID now, we don't want to cause parents are often very anxious about, you know, what is, um, what is, what is, you know, what is going, yeah, what to expect or what's going on. So, so Dean, the big thing is to say to parents, it's normal in the beginning for, I always say to moms, your baby's got to learn how to suck, swallow and breathe. If there were, if there was Victoria Falls breast milk, if there was waterfalls, if the milk was flowing so rapidly on the day of the birth, your little baby would become overwhelmed and would be like, mom, what, what is going on? So there's a reason. Why? The colostrum is amazing. It's super packed, anti, antibody, highly enriched. It's like an elixir of like white, and sorry, yellow gold. So there's a reason in the beginning the baby's got to learn to suck, swallow, breathe and, and coordinate all of this together and you learning together. So sort of first driving lesson. Then we know on about sort of 72 hours, day three, day four, milk's going to start to come in. So the poo's going to change as the milk changes. And then we know when the mom goes home that the milk is going to start, so it's going to go from colostrum to almost like a skim milk, a more watery milk, to like a mature milk on day six or seven, like a, like a cow's milk, like we would see, know as milk. Um, and we know that if that milk changes, the poos change. So to say to the parents, yes, and, and a lot of parents say to me, Judy, I thought that my baby had gastro because there was so much milk. Yeah, that's, yeah, so that's one thing I like to any parents. Once one, a uh, very well-known P told me that, your baby could poo ten times in one day, one time in yes. ten days. Each baby Correct. is uh, different. Correct. So it's kind of it's kind of to pr- pr- provide parents with the reassurance that what they are experiences experiencing is normal. Um, we obviously don't want to give water to babies. Eighty-seven and a half percent of breast milk has got water in. So we I we do recommend breast milk for the first six months of life because of all. All the composition, all the components, there's the right amount of fat, protein, omegas. Um, I also want to say to parents, you can eat anything when you breastfeed, okay? Remember, when you were pregnant, your baby tasted all the amazing f- food that you ate through the amniotic fluid. So we know that, we, 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 but we like to encourage parents to try and eat foods with good omega um, components, so like avocado, almonds, if they can, some good fishes. Fish is very good um, in the last trimester of pregnancy. And, and we want to encourage parents to, to just eat frequently to maintain blood sugar levels and to also just keep up with their hydration. So there are no real quick fixes to getting um, 
more milk. It's obviously the baby sucking, the mom feeling that she has support, the mom drinking and eating a little bit regularly. Um, and then obviously if she's, if she's, if mom and dad have questions and there is anxiety to seek help because if there's stress, if there's a lot of cortisol and stress hormone in that mom's blood, that mom is not going to have as much milk as a mom who's supported. So it sounds, it sounds, and again, you know, the, 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 the gynae, the doctor can help, but again, breastfeeding or, you know, the work that we do, a lot of it is allowing the mom to share and allowing the mom to share, hopefully in a space where she feels supported and cared for. And if you go to somebody and you feel like they're not helping you, go to somebody else. Um, you know, this is your child, your body. Um, and, and like I say to parents, you know, during COVID now, video calls can work quite well. Face to face, a FaceTime calls, Skype calls, you know, they, they can actually help. Um, you know, even if you, yeah. So, so, so I think the big thing is moms don't have enough milk. Um, and then obviously nipple pain. And often I feel that moms, Dean, they, maybe the baby's just very shallow on the breast. So again, we want to teach a deeper latch because then if we got a deeper latch, we get, we, we stimulate the proper nerves like that we should be doing. And then if we stimulate the breast well, we get more milk. So the thing with the latch, if the baby's just on the nipple, it's sore, there isn't enough milk and nobody wins. Often that mom will prematurely give up. So the latch is important. The deep latch is very important. It's almost the crux of the breastfeeding relationship. But if women decide that they don't want to breastfeed and they want to express, that is also okay. It's not it's, it's, for me, I like babies to get breast milk because I think it's, we know we fight, you fundamentally giving your child the best. And I think if there are women that need support, for so them must get the support. So it's not, it doesn't, every, every parent, every mom, every woman has a story and, and, and they, and we, ha, we need to meet them where they're at and we need to respect them for what they want to do. But hand pumps, you know, so there are various pumping options. Hand pumps work very well. You know, Diskim, you know, obviously all Diskim has great, um, products available for, for moms, um, to advise. And if moms feel that they need a little bit more in-depth support, they can consult their, their lactation consultants. So, so, you know, most of us have a lot of experience in various options available. So I always write when I see a client, what is your breastfeeding or what is your baby? What is your, your parenting goal? What do you hope to achieve? from this process. But again, to say to your, your listeners, please, this is a journey. When you drove, when you started taking your driving lessons, you, it didn't just happen. Well, if you, maybe for some people it happened first time for me, I only got it on the third time. Um, so just to say, be kind to yourself as parents. There's, there's a feeding thing. We, you feeding your child for the first, it's first a thousand days. It's massive. Um, this, 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 this part of their life is so important for, for everyone, for the mom, the dad, the child, you're all grown as people. Um, and, and, and to say that support is there for you. Dean, I don't okay. know if you've got, I mean, I, I know I've kind of made it maybe a bit general, but I think. No, I, I love, I love listening to you, I love listening to you speak. You can hear how passionate you are about uh, what you do. And also, um, your advice, um, from your experience as a mom and as someone who's so passionate about, um, breastfeeding is, um, is amazing. So, no, I thank you for putting that, uh, putting that, uh, all together. Okay. We're going to take a final ad break and afterwards, uh, then we can uh, sum up a bit. 
get okay. some lots cool. and boss and speak about how people can get hold of you this is medical monday brought to you with compliments of discam pharmacists who care Welcome back to Disco Medical Monday. We're in our final few minutes of the show. We're speaking to Judy Kirkwood, lactation consultant, and it's World Breastfeeding Week, and we're speaking all about uh, breastfeeding. We've been through all things from uh, what moms experience to different types of latching to some common problems that we have. And uh, Sister Judy. I mean, it seems it seems like something normal and natural. People have been breastfeeding for for thousands for thousands of years, obviously since the, the first uh, human being. And uh, I mean, we're very very lucky now at the moment that we have lactation consultants. I just wanted to speak to you now about uh, formulas. I know obviously our goal is to get every mom breastfeeding and using breast milk, but obviously. Sometimes it's not the case that we, no matter how much we try for reasons beyond our control or beyond the mom's control, we, we can't, we can't breastfeed. I just want to know your opinion on, on topping up. How do the mom, how do moms know that baby has had enough? And, uh, when should they be topping up? Do you believe in topping up with formula? Okay. Okay. So, so Dean, I think, I think what I've seen a lot in my practice is a lot of, um, we want to we we want a fed baby, so we do want a baby that is obviously satisfied, and we want a mom that grows in confidence or parents that grow in confidence. Um, I I sometimes get a bit concerned because the mom will be recommended by a medical person, whether it is the nurse or the pediatrician or the doctor or the gynae, to top the baby up. That okay, so they say top your baby up, but what we need what we need to make sure that we do in, in, in South Africa is that we are supporting and protecting breast breast milk and breastfeeding. So I obviously in my practice sometimes I do have to top babies up with alternative food substances like a formula. But then what I always strive to do is to maintain and to protect breast milk purely because we know what is in breast milk is phenomenal. Um, formula will never be breast milk. Um, and just especially now during COVID and because of all those immune factors in breast milk, we really want our babies, our next generation to get that milk. So it's not, and to be honest with you, a lot of parents want to do that. So what, what I do as a consultant or what a lot of my colleagues will do is we will obviously consult, I consult to parents about formula feeding as well. But often what I do is I help to bring them back to breastfeeding. So it's it's not difficult. I sometimes help moms in the community over the phone. And we might just encourage the mom. We often like to say breastfeed first. We control the time. We check the latch. Um, sometimes moms don't have enough milk because of maybe pure, I'm sorry, um, poor information or there could be underlying medical conditions. It's not just a, it's not just always so simple. But but the big thing is, you know, if if breastfeeding is sore, if, if the nipples are cracked and you need to feed baby, it's okay. Like we can feed baby. We can always so we can always help the mom where she is. So I I share um you know so so there is a we we do want to give safe alternative you know foods you know formulas. Sometimes we see in the communities that moms formula is expensive, and so so breast milk is is not only the perfect food for a developing child's physiological body, but it's, it's, it's everything that it, it, it is the perfect food. So, so for me in South Africa, I want to make sure that baby, babies get safe food alternatives and that the parents get the right support. So, 
it's not acceptable for a, for for a medical person to say top the baby up and then they don't protect breastfeeding. But as lactation consultants, our, we we want to maybe top the baby up in a controlled way, supported approach, but then we want to protect the milk supply. So. Dean, there are cases where I will prevent babies from being admitted to hospital because, yes, I might top them up. Um, we obviously, just to say to parents, you can actually often top your baby up with your express breast milk. So you would breastfeed first. That's what I was going to suggest, sure. Yes. So you would breastfeed first, and then I normally get the dad to give the top up in the, in, in the bottle or the cup, or, um, and then I say to the mom, have a snack. And then you pump. If the mom doesn't have a pump, you can hand express. Okay, hand express is actually quite cool. You just need to be shown how. Um, you can hand express into a clean cup. Okay, uh, remember the breast, outer structure of the breast is not sterile. So just to say to people, you know, the breast is not sterile. So do I need, you don't need lots of fancy stuff when you breastfeed. If you've got a clean cup from the kitchen that's dry, you can express your breast milk in there. And that milk we can top the baby up with. If we don't have enough of that milk, we might need to use an alternative product until we do have enough milk. But it's, again, the skim has a various arrangement, you know, has various pumps, uh, options available for every client to suit their financial means, etc. But it, it doesn't mean that you need the most expensive product to get this right, because you don't. I've proved it in my practice. I, I, I've worked with nothing, hand pumps. Pumps, whatever. But, but yes, yeah, so to say to parents, sometimes we will top up. If you message me and you say, Judy, on day seven, the baby's poo is still at meconium black. I'm not going to be happy with that, but I'm not, I'm not going to shout at those parents. I'm going to support them. I'm going to say, okay, we are going to do this together and this is how we're going to do it. So I, I always will explain to them, this is how the program is going to work and how we're going to get you back. And then, Dean, we also, so diet, we do that through diet. Often we find if a mom doesn't have good milk, you probably, that mom's probably not eating, Dean. So the community support is massive. Yes, in COVID, there isn't a lot, there isn't maybe so much support from the families and the grandparents, but your mom can maybe drop food, leave it at your gate. It's the one thing to say to our moms or our grannies, please become little waitresses for your families. Accept your friends, food parcels from friends. Food makes breast milk. So moms need to be looked after. Dads need to be looked after. Water. The stress of the mom, the mom needs to be supported. That is massive. Um, I just say to my clients, WhatsApp me if you need me. And just by giving them that option, they do well. So support is very important. Um, Dean, yeah, protecting milk supply is important. I always say to moms, you can always come back to breast milk. So we, I work, I help clients to bring, induce breast lactation. We also sometimes, there are, um, galactagogues. So you might say, what is that? That's a fancy medical term for medication. That makes that milk. milk. Yeah. Yes. So there are prescription from the doctors like yourself, but there are also sort of natural remedies available at the skims and that can help. And they do work pretty well. Um, so we use a combination. Um, but if we if we see a mom that's really got major problems, yeah, maybe she needs to go to a consultant and get proper good uh, support. But it's 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 not to say that if you've given your child a bit of formula that you're not. I mean, you great parents, but it's just tr- we're trying to partner with parents to help achieve their goal. Um, okay, sister, sister Judy, sorry, we're running out of we're running out of time. I think no, I'm going to have to have you on for another whole show. Probably me and you could. And speak for the the whole day about uh, breastfeeding and child health. Exactly. 
Okay, can you last tell us uh, your you you have a, a YouTube channel? What's it called? It's they start baby. Um, they start and, baby. And on Facebook, Judy Kirkwood Consultant. Yes, Judy Kirk Consultant. I've also got an Instagram page, um, best under, underscore start underscore baby SA. And your um, phone number, Dina, what, what phone number do you give out to? I give out, so Dean, I'm a big WhatsApper. I like parents to WhatsApp me, dads WhatsApp me. Um, I will often, sh- it's, it's Judy Kirk. Okay, I'll share it with you. 082-562-1986. Parents can WhatsApp me. I've also okay. got a great website where I have 20 questions, questions and answers. Look at those. Those will help you. Um, it's just a good foundation. So to, pro- to provide good, accurate, fair information is what's important. Then parents get excited and empowered to, to do their best. Okay, Thanks. Sister Judy, we're going to have to end there. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you, everybody. This will, talk will be available as a podcast on 101.95. Thank you for joining us on this Care Medical Monday.